All right, now let's move on. Uh, we're going to go back to God's word, and we're going to deal with today, 2 Timothy 2.10, just one verse. We're moving right along. We're already in Timothy. Let's do that. 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 10. The Apostle Paul, we're going to read out the King James. 2 Timothy chapter 2 and verse 10. Paul said, therefore, I endure all things. Now, that's an awesome thing to outlast everything you're going through. But I endure all things for the elect's sake, that they might obtain the salvation which is in Christ Jesus with eternal glory. So I told you right there by the spirit of living God that your salvation is in Christ Jesus. Now, you have to know what the words say. So I'm going to walk you right through it. I'm talking about how to obtain God's salvation today. How do I obtain God's salvation today? I just showed you where it is. And this word salvation is deliverance. So when somebody say they're delivered, then you got to know what you're delivered from. The Bible said he delivered us from all things. So he delivered us from sin, from death, from all evil. Remember when the disciples prayed, he said, pray ye this prayer. Our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come, thy will be done. But he told them to pray, deliver us. I mean, know that verse, that verse. Deliver us from evil. Well, see, you got to understand that a whole lot of evil stuff. So God delivered you from sin, from death, from hell, from the grave, from destruction, from poverty, from diseases, from pain, from grief, from sorrows. See, I mean, you just name them all. You'll be delivered from them. So this morning, what I did, what I did to you is I started this morning. I'm going to get deep into the Word. Every time I teach on something, I go further and further into the Word. So I, I had a person ask me, he said, do you teach the same thing both services? I said, yeah, and then no. Because first of all, my job is to make sure that the people come to the second service is aware of what I taught in the first service, but not in entirety. And then I can continue. All right, so let's do that. So we are talking about how to obtain. That word obtain has... Meaning, how do you get something? How it was acquired? I mean, so we want to talk about they, how do you get your salvation? How did you acquire your salvation? As a matter of fact, you do know your, what your salvation is. I just gave it to you. It's deliverance. So when you say you're saved, you're saved from. Saved from sin, from death, from grief, from sorrow. From death, from hell, from the grave, from poverty, from pain. I mean, you could just go on and on and on. A uh, thing that you don't like in your life, you were saved from that. Do everybody understand? All right. Now, let's go uh, and show you something uh, to, to explain something to you. Now, I read to you this morning, Isaiah chapter 53. Let's go back there and start in the King James, would you? And then we're going to come to Matthew 8, 17. So when we, we talk about this morning... Uh, Isaiah, chapter 53. We heard this, but we don't understand that everything that the Bible said in the Old Testament has been fulfilled. Yes, 
So when you, when you talk about the Passover, the Passover has been fulfilled. See, we don't, there's something we don't want to be fulfilled. Because we want to do them ourselves. But we, are, we have to fulfill it. We have to know it's been fulfilled. Healing, diseases, Christ healing us from sickness and diseases has been fulfilled. Pastor, why would you say that? Because that's what the Bible says. I just told you where your salvation was. That's the first thing I said to you. I gave you 2 Timothy. And I told you in verse number 10, I said your salvation was somewhere. How many remember what I said? Hallelujah. Praise God. So you got to know what I said. That, that's, what, that's what I'm saying. Go back, go back to 2 Timothy. See, if, you, if you're not following me, you're not going to get it. See, I, you got to first find out where it is. I took, gave you one verse already, and I'm waiting around for a minute to see what did you swallow it. Come right back next. Because if you don't get this, you don't get nothing else. That's, that's all I'm saying. You have to follow me. I'm teaching you. I'm going step by step. 2 Timothy 2.10. Would you put that on the screen, please? 2 Timothy 2.10. Told you where your salvation was. Watch this here. It said, therefore I endure all things for the elect's sake that they may obtain the salvation which is in Christ Jesus. I turn around and ask you, where's your salvation? So you got to write, write stuff down. You, you got to understand. I'm going to come back at you because this is no game. Your salvation is in Christ. So everything that I told you has already been fulfilled in Christ. Now let's go to Isaiah chapter 53. And then it says in verse number, Isaiah 53, 1. Watch what the word says. The word says, who has believed our report? To whom is the arm of the Lord revealed? Now only somebody that the Lord revealed his power to was the Gentiles. Now he manifested himself and his power to the Jews. Now, they may have that word wrong revealed, but I'm going by what it says. If I go back and start Jesus' ministry, somebody can find this for me, when he, after he did the first miracle, he said, then he began to work his miracles and he called them manifestation of his glory. That's what he said. He said he began to manifest his glory. Manifestation means to show you. That's why we have three dimensions of the word. That's creation, manifestation, and then revelation. So you have to understand that you are not in the ministry of manifestation. That's why people wait for Christ to come back. That's manifestation. They want to see him. They want to church him. They want him to be over in Jerusalem so they can go to see him. Wouldn't that be a traffic jam? Or should I say an airplane jam? But the Lord is not seen like that no more. 
He can reveal himself. But everybody, people who believe that stuff, they believe the Lord going to come. He's going to go over to Jerusalem. He's going to sit on the throne and rule everything from there. See, they missed it. But they don't want to understand that they missed it. And people follow them missed it too. All right. Isaiah 53 is where I told you to go, right? Okay, hold on to that. We in Isaiah 53, verse 2 says, He shall grow up before him as a tender plant. Are you there on the screen? Okay, he shall grow up before him as a tender plant. As a root out of dry ground, he has no form, no comeliness. Now, that's when he was on the cross. And when we shall see him, there's no beauty that we should desire him. That's what he was beaten up on the cross, marred more than any man. Verse number three said he was despised and rejected of men, a man of sorrows, acquainted with grief. We hid as if it were our faces from him. He was despised and we esteemed him not. Surely, past tense, he has, he has carried our griefs. He has carried our sorrows. Yet we did esteem him stricken, smitten of God, afflicted. But what did he carry them to? The cross. He carried them on the cross, right? All right. Verse number five. But he was wounded. That means he was tormented for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. And the chastisement of our peace was upon him, and with his stripes we are healed. Now let's go to Matthew chapter 8 and, and verse 17 and see what the Lord told us that meant. Matthew chapter 8. In verse number 17, still reading the King James Version, told you what it meant in the word. And I'm going to read Matthew 8, 17 out of the NALT, just one verse, to show you what it says again. Matthew 8, 17, that it might be fulfilled. So why did Jesus Christ heal all that were sick? As a matter of fact, let's back, let's back, back to verse 14. Let's go to 14. We're going to read down to verse 17. Why did Jesus Christ heal all? Why did he say all that were sick? He healed all that were sick. Now for God to put all down there, we have to understand when he went to raise Lazarus from the dead, he did not raise all men. He raised Lazarus. But here he said he healed all that were sick. Now we can just take that and say he's talking about it at that time. Okay. It's okay with me. But, but when we read it, Watch the context. Verse 14, and when Jesus was coming to Peter's house, verse 14, he saw his wife, mother, laid sick of a fever. He touched her hand and the fever left. And she arose and ministered to him. When the evil was come, they brought to him many that were possessed with devils. And he cast out the spirit with his word and healed all that were sick. He healed all that were sick. Thank you very much. He healed all that were sick. Why did he do that? In verse 17, that it might be fulfilled. That it might be fulfilled. How many in this church know what fulfilled means? It might be completed, finished, put an end to. Accomplished, that it might be accomplished, might be fulfilled, put an end to. 
So he came to fulfill the scripture. That's why Jesus came. That it might be fulfilled. Which was spoken in Isaiah. Now Isaiah is Isaiah. We're going to show you who the other one is. Today I had a person tell me last week, Elois, but I'm going to show you that was Elias and Elijah. Okay. That it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by Isaiah the prophet, saying, we just read it, Isaiah 53. Himself took our infirmities and bare our sicknesses. Now let's read that same thing out of the NLT. Let's read the same thing out of the NLT. What did this really say? Isaiah 53. What did it say, Pastor, in the, that was fulfilled? We're waiting on the NLT, Isaiah chapter, not Isaiah. Matthew 8, 17. Now one verse. Here it is. This fulfilled the word of the Lord through the prophet Isaiah. So when Jesus Christ healed them all, he fulfilled the word of the Lord spoken by Isaiah who said he took our sicknesses and removed our diseases. Now, read that as I continue the next verse. No, it was before that. The verse before, it talked about the fulfillment of Isaiah. See, that's what the script, you got to understand, when, when Jesus' ministry was fulfilling everything. The verse before to tell you. He healed all that was sick. All right. Now, that, that, that was in Isaiah. So we're not going back there. You get a chance to read it. All right. Now, where else I see I'm going? What was John 2 something? Okay. John chapter 2, verse 11. All right. The gospel of St. John, chapter 2, verse 11. So you have to know what Jesus was doing when he healed the sick. He was manifesting forth his glory. He was showing them his glory. See, see, they were to believe that Jesus was the Christ. Well, how are they going to believe? When they saw his miracles. That's, see, the Bible said that that's what's going to cause them to believe. Why did Israel believe God in Exodus? When they saw his miracles. That's all they had. Uh, John chapter 2 and verse 11. This beginning of miracle that Jesus in, we read now the King James. This beginning of miracle that Jesus in Cana of Galilee and manifested forth his glory and his disciples believed on him. See, it didn't say he revealed, manifested. The man, see, when he was healing people, he was manifesting forth his glory. He was showing them his glory, his power. So we have to understand the difference between Israel's salvation. I gave you two words. Let's go to them quickly. Romans 10, 10. Romans 1, 16. We're going to do both of those at the NLT. Now, now we're going to do them out of King James first. You're right. Because I got to show you that one verse, unto. So let's go to Romans 10, 10. And then we'll go back and do them out of the NLT. But I got to show you this. Romans 10, 10. And only one word you're looking for is unto. The word unto means what? 
That's a direction word, isn't it? Uh, say, say it this way. Somebody say something. I thought you had a different direction, had, had another word for unto, that's all. So if I says I'm going down Sanford Street onto the railroad track, take a right, and I go down to Woodward. But I gave you directions. I went down Sanford onto. So all God is giving you is directions to salvation. And only two places he gave it to you. Romans 10, 10. I'm waiting on that verse. And then we go to Romans 1, 16. It says, in Romans 10, 10 says, For with the heart man believe unto righteousness, with the mouth confessions made unto. You see those words unto? Romans 10, 10. It says, with the heart man believeth unto. So they had to believe till they get to salvation. That was Israel. Israel had to believe un until they got to salvation, until Christ returned. They had to believe unto righteousness. And then they says, with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. So until Christ returned, they had to keep on believing. That's why they ministered with the whole fast, their confession of faith without wavering. In Hebrews, Jesus said to them, hold fast till I come, that no man take your crown. See, that was Israel. He gave them the measure of faith. They had to hold on to it. All right, now let's look at Romans. Now that's Romans 10, 10. Do everybody see, I showed you twice what they had, they had to unto unto righteousness. They had to believe unto righteousness. Now, now, how do you supposed to know that's not your salvation? Because your salvation did not come because you believe unto righteousness. You didn't believe until you got righteous. How was you made righteous? That's why I gave you the cross. See, every time you don't know something, I actually look over that corner. You believed. You didn't believe till you got right. Christ made you righteous. Amen. I gave you that Romans 4.25 already. He was delivered for our offenses. He was raised again for our justification. Are you listening to me? Now, Romans 4.25. Show them Romans 4.25 if I go anywhere else. Somewhere down the line, you got to get this. You know, I, one, I don't know how long I'm going to keep going over with you. Because if you don't know, Romans 5, 17, that's another. You, your salvation is free. See, all these things I taught on, your salvation is free. Romans 5, 17, you have received the gift of righteousness. See, you got to understand, God gave you his right. That's what the cross for. That's what grace is. Watch what it said. Who was delivered for our offense, but he was raised again for our justification. What is justification? Made right with God. So God raised Jesus from the dead to make you right with God. I, I, don't, I don't know what, what causes you not to remember. See, if you're saved, you got to remember. Nobody come to you and say, 
are you still married? Well, let me see. Because uh, why? Because you remember that, right? Romans 5, 17, put it on the screen. So you need to put these down in your notes. I keep saying, I know you feel like you put them in your tablet, but what happened when you ain't got your tablet? You're still going to have your Bible. Romans 5, 17. For if by one man offense, death reigned. By Adam, death reigned by one. Much more, they which receive. I told you how you're going to get your salvation. One word, you got to hear and believe it. You got to receive it. You receive a bundle of grace and you receive the gift of righteousness. Now you can reign in life by one Jesus Christ. Salvation is not anything to play with. Either you have it or you don't. If you don't have it and you die, you're going to go to hell for eternity. Playing like I got it, it don't qualify you got it. If you got it, you're a new creation in Christ. If you ain't got it, you're an old man in Adam. It's not a game. The lifestyle you live determines what's inside. You can't live for Christ if you don't have Christ in you. You can't love God and his word if you don't have Christ in you. See, you got to understand, that's Romans chapter 8, verse 5, 6, 7. I don't have time to read it. But if you have the spirit in you, let, matter of fact, let's go there. I'm right there, Romans 5, on, on, on your computer back there, so I may as well just read it. Romans chapter 5. Let's just start reading verse number 4. I mean verse 5. Romans 5, 5. I'm sorry, 6 is what I need. Go to one more. I don't need that. Just go to Romans 5, 6. Watch what it says. For when we were without strength, yet in due time, Christ died for the ungodly. That ain't what I want. Romans 8. Romans 8, I'm sorry. I said one thing and reading something else. Romans chapter 8, verse 5. They that are after the flesh mind the things of the flesh. They that are after the spirit, the things of the spirit. To be carnally minded is death. Gave you the definition of death. If your mind is carnal, then death lives in you. To be carnally minded is death. To be spiritually minded is life and peace. If you don't have the mind of Christ, you don't have life and peace. You have death. Got a kind of mind. This is how you know. Because the kind of mind is enmity against God, for it is not subject to the law of God, neither indeed can be. So then they that are in the flesh cannot please God. You are still in the flesh. So you, you, you got to come to a place in your life to realize, do you have a mind of Christ to live for Christ? Or do you have a mind that don't want to live for Christ? You don't want to know. Because if you don't, your mind is carnal. You don't want to live for Christ. All right, let's move on. All right. Uh, did I give you anywhere to go next? If not, I got a whole lot of 
I didn't give you Romans 1 16 yet. Thank you very much. Okay, in Romans chapter 1 and verse 16, I want to give you that while I'm there. Because it's the next word, unto. Romans chapter 1, verse 16. I gave you the first unto. How, how many remember what it was? If you look at your notes, you remember. I'm trying to say it enough so you remember without looking at your notes. You notice I don't have to look at my notes every time I say something? Romans 10, verse what? 10. What word am I looking for? Unto. So Romans 10 told me confession, my, my believing is unto righteousness. My confession is unto salvation. Now I know that's not me because I didn't get my salvation by believing and confessing. But you know millions and millions of people believe that. Churches after churches after churches after churches believe that's how they got salvation. They think they're saved by their confession. They think they got their salvation by confession. Watch what the word says. Romans 1.16, out the King James. Paul says in Romans chapter 1 and verse 16, I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. It is the power of God. Do you see the word unto again? The gospel of Christ is the power of God unto salvation. To everyone. That believe it. Jew first and also to the Greek. So it doesn't matter. This is how everyone is saved. By the gospel of Christ. See, there was a time before Christ returned. That's why the, if you don't believe Christ returned, you cannot rightly divide the word. Let me say it again. If you don't believe Christ has returned, you cannot rightly divide the word. Because what Romans 10 is talking to is the people that's already gone. They were saved by faith. Now, Gentiles are saved through faith. Romans chapter 3, verse 30. So you are still trying to be saved by faith. And you can't do it. You're not saved by your confession. You're not saved by your belief. You're saved by grace. And I want to I show you something in the word. Let's go to Titus. Titus chapter 3. And verse 5. See, in Titus chapter 3, verse 5, told you that Christ already saved you. You don't come here to get saved. You come here to receive your salvation from someone who understands salvation, who can preach the gospel of Christ to you and you can hear it and believe it. You're not coming here to, for, for to do something. See, that's what water baptism is about. They tell you to come to church to get saved. And when you get water baptized, they say you got saved this morning. No, you didn't get saved this morning. You got saved 2,000 years ago. Salvation only took place one time. All right, watch this. Titus chapter 3, verse 5. Not by works of righteousness which we have done. See, it's nothing you've done. So if you tell me it's by your belief and by your confession, guess what? That's what you've done. So salvation is not by works, righteousness which we have done, 
but according to his mercy. That's back to the cross. He saved us. See, that's why my wife reads 1 Corinthians 15 every week. You are saved. He didn't tell you you're going to be saved. You are saved, not by works of righteousness which you have done, but according to his mercy. He saved us, past tense. How did he do it? By the washing of regeneration and renewing of the Holy Ghost. When did he do it? Which he shed on us abundantly on the cross through Jesus Christ our Savior. That being justified by his grace, you were made righteous by his grace. Now you should be made heirs according to the hope of eternal life. See, that's what you got to hear. See, we, we're not in here trying to stomp on no devil and fight no devil. And... See, all that kind of stuff. When I get to the last three things Paul did, you're not, you don't understand the scripture. All right. Do everybody understand you were saved? Go to Ephesians chapter 2 and verse 4. We'll give you one more. Ephesians 2, 4. See, the Bible told you you already saved. Now, it, doesn't, it don't mean you don't have to receive it. But the work has already been done. When the Bible says by grace you are saved, he's talking about what God did on the cross. On the cross, God saved you. That's why he's called the Savior. There's no more sacrifice for sin. There's no more sacrifice for sin. God save you, Ephesians chapter 2, verse 4. But God, who's rich in mercy, for his great love, wherewith he loved us, see, everything is past tense. His great mercy means he loved us already. Even when we were dead in sin, he has quickened us together with Christ. By grace, you are saved. He doesn't tell you you're going to get saved. You, all you can do is receive your salvation. It's no different when Israel crossed over into, the, into Canaan. They went into Canaan for a purpose, to receive their salvation. Israel went into, into Canaan. What Canaan represent? Christ. The promised land. The land where the promise lived, where all the promises are. Well, you know all the promises in God is in Christ, right? So that's why they call the promised land, the land. All right? So, and has raised us up together. Now, watch this. He's already raised you up together, and you're still waiting for Christ's return. For what? He's already raised us up together, made us sit together in heavenly places. Where are those heavenly places? And everything is in Christ now. So your salvation is where? Is in Christ. That's, that's 2 Timothy 2.10. Never forget that verse. My salvation is in Christ. Now, if your salvation is in Christ, let's go back to Isaiah 53. We're going to read out of King James, out of NLT. Isaiah 53, out of NLT. So we got to understand, in a new covenant, it says a different word. I want to read it. I read it to you in Matthew 8, 17. After this, I'm gone. No more playing around. All right, Isaiah. I have to do this for you can catch up. Isaiah chapter 53. 
So when you go back here and quote Isaiah 53, you're quoting what God revealed to us in the new covenant, what Christ fulfilled. Isaiah 53 and verse 3. Let's just start verse 3 for time's sake. It says, I'm reading out the NLT. I'm sorry to tell you that. All right. He was despised and rejected. A man of sorrows acquainted with, deep, with deepest grief. We turn our backs on him. That's what Israel did. And it looked the other way. He was despised and we did not care. Yet it was our weaknesses he carried. It was our sorrows that weighed him down. And though his troubles were a punishment from God, he took our punishment, see? A punishment for his own sins. But he was pierced for our rebellion. He was crushed for our sins. He was beaten so we could be whole. He was whipped so we could be healed. Now, all this is what he did for us. Now, let's go back again in NLT and read Matthew 8, 17. Then we're on our way. Matthew 8, 17. See, when you really understand this word, you're going to realize this is how you live. Matthew chapter 8. He healed all that were sick out of NLT. This fulfilled the word of the Lord through Isaiah. So when he healed them all, what did he do? He fulfilled the word of the Lord through the prophet Isaiah who said he took our sicknesses and he removed our diseases. So that means that what Isaiah said, that Christ was wounded for our transgression, bruised for our iniquity, and then the chastised of our peace upon him, and with his stripes we are healed. That means that has already been fulfilled. So when Christ died on the cross, he fulfilled Isaiah 53. He fulfilled all of the Old Testament. And when you ever grasp that, you can't do Passover no more. Why? Because Christ is the fulfillment of Passover. Amen. Christ is. See, I got a teaching coming here today. I'm supposed to be here today, but the Lord wants you to do it next week. I got to get you this here so next week I can get on the word fulfilled. That's my next week. And if it's been fulfilled, what are you trying to do now? <laughs> When you find out how churches are just messing up. See, you got churches just, just practicing. Folks don't know anyway. All right. So you want to you understand the gospel. Let, let me show you something. 2 Corinthians 4. And we want to look at verse 3 and 4. When I leave here, I'm going to go to uh, Genesis 4, 25, 26. And we'll spend the next 20 minutes. Second Corinthians chapter 4 and verse 3 and verse 4. Paul said, but if our gospel be hid, that means if there are people who can't see what Paul is saying, it's because they're lost. You want to put down Genesis 4, 25 and 26. 
After that, well, I'll tell you later. Yeah, that's what I do. You want to put down after that 1 King 18, 24. And then we're going to look at verse 36 through 40 while we're there. That's Genesis 4, 25 and 26, 1 King 18, 24, and then 36 through 40. That'll get us going. And after that, you want to write down that Malachi 4, 4 through 6. Let's go to work. Let's see how much you can see. What seest thou, Jeremiah? I see, a, I see a rod of an almond tree. Well, what did Jeremiah see? He saw Moses' rod in the tabernacle. And that's the only way he could see it is by the Holy Spirit. Moses put his rod that budded in the tabernacle. And he asked Jeremiah, what do you see? I would, Aaron's rod. I would hasten my word to perform it. Woo. Thou hast seen well, Jeremiah. All right, watch this. 2 Corinthians chapter 4 and verse 3. But if our gospel be hid, it's hid to them that are lost. So when a person cannot see, you keep saying, I can't see. That's why I keep going over and over and over and over and over and over. Because to not see means that you are blinded. And the way you get blinded is you have not released religion, tradition of men. Because it's only the God of this world who has blinded your mind. You can't carry your baggage with you. You cannot believe that the old stuff we used to do and believe the gospel of grace. And people trying to believe the gospel of grace, but they still in their heart have not got rid of the communion glass. And a little wafer. Praise the Lord. And they still, still telling folk, I don't know why we ain't using that baptism pool. Oh, you don't know? All oh, that's going to be redecorated. That wall is going to come out. We're going to, our band back there going to be all the way back to the wall. You haven't heard? See, you still want me to go back and do something that, listen, once God... If God had showed me this, I wouldn't have to spend all that money on that, all that stuff back there. <laughs> Nevertheless. All right. Now, here we go. Watch this. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 3. But if, a, if our gospel be hid, it's hid for them that are lost. Now, that's a dangerous thing. But watch in verse number 4. In whom the God of this world has blinded the mind of them which believe not. See, that's what happened. They don't believe. Lest the light of the glorious gospel of Christ. See, that's what I'm preaching to you. I'm preaching to you the light, but you got to let it in. It's the light of the glorious gospel of Christ. Who, who, who? The gospel is a who. The glorious gospel of Christ. Who is the image of God? Israel. They had Jesus, the manifestation of God. He is the express image of the invisible God. 
But you got the gospel Christ, the glorious gospel Christ, and you got the image of God. So when I preach to you Christ, what am I preaching to you? I'm preaching to you the image. How can you change if you not, here it is, go to verse number, you're in 2 Corinthians 4, go to verse 15 through 18. Why do I preach Christ? He's the image of God. If I don't preach to you the image, I don't understand what happened with Jacob when he got the, the sheep to multiply. God put him on the water trough and told him to make the sheep multiply. They're going to be yours. So he took all the good sheep and brought them to the water. And then he took a tree and he trimmed it and put it in the water. So when they come to the water to drink, they'll see the image. And when they give birth, it will be a good sheep. So you got to understand what I'm doing. You don't understand what I'm doing. I understand what I'm doing. At least one of us ought to know where we're going. So I keep preaching Christ to you because that's who I want you to be like. If I keep showing you his image, hopefully you'll be like, I got a chance. Because I sure ain't like that. 2 Corinthians 4, 15 says, All things are for your sake, that the abundant grace might through the thanksgiving of many redound to the glory of God, which cause we faint. Which cause we faint not, but though our outward man perish, yet the inward man is renewed day by day. For our light afflictions is but for a moment. Work is for us a more exceeding and eternal way to glory. When does that happen? While we look not at things which are seen. So you can't keep, you can't be waiting on the Jesus you can see. Why we look not at things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen. The things which are seen are temporal, temporarily, natural. But the things which are not seen are eternal. So what do you want? Do you want the natural things or do you want the spiritual things? Do you want the thing you can see or the thing you can't see? If you got problem with your body, you don't need no natural thing. You need some things that you can, cannot see. You can't see healing. You can't see deliverance. You can't see your salvation. But God has blessed you with all spiritual blessings. And they're all in Christ. So where's my healing, Pastor? I want my healing from all diseases. They're in Christ. I want my liberty. I want my deliverance. I want my freedom. I want to be delivered from this. Where is it? What do God, the salvation that God has given you is in Christ. And Christ is in you. And the Holy Ghost is in you. The whole, everybody is all there. And the, he will take of mine. The purpose of the Holy Ghost is to take God's healing and God's deliverance and show it to you. Your soul needs this. 
The Holy Ghost is in you to minister to you. Jesus is the minister of the church. He didn't come to be ministered to, but to minister. Come to serve you. So what you need to do is get away by yourself. They call it still away. I don't care if you have to go out in a little out of house. Brother Gene built his own little house outside I heard. <laughs> but you need to get away, get away. Go in your prayer closet. Shut the door. Talk to your father in secret. Your father said if you would talk to him in secret, he would reveal to you openly. Tell him what you need. You don't have to go ask it. It's already yours. Just say, I was, this morning I was in the service this morning and he read the word where healing is in Christ. My salvation is in Christ. My deliverance is in Christ. And Christ is in me. Lord, you got to give it up. Yes, sir. I need you to release your anointing in me. I need you to release your anointing in my bones, my joints, my muscles, my nerves. My soul thirsts now. I need you. I need you now. Get away with God and talk to him like a man. That's what he told Joe. That's what he told. Talk to me like a man. Genesis chapter 4. 25 and 26. You don't have to beg. It's already yours. You don't have to go compromising. It's already yours. Tell him what you want. I need the old, I need the every hour, I need thee. That's all you got to do, get, get away with it. There's no disappointments. Genesis chapter 4. My God, my God. You got to know your, you got to know what you got. I'm going to go all the way back when man began to call on the Lord. And I'm going to show you they began to call on the Lord in the old covenant. That's not your covenant. Whosoever shall call on the name of the Lord shall be saved. That's not your covenant. Whosoever call on the name of the Lord shall be saved. That's not your covenant. You already saved. You already got salvation dwelling in you. In your vein, pump the spirit of a living God. Christ lives in you. You are now the body of Christ. You are the house where God lives. You never got to worry about it. He's in the house. Create an atmosphere. Begin to worship. Begin to praise. And see won't God begin to move. Genesis chapter 4, 25, and Adam knew his wife again. Now, this skipped all the way because we got Cain and Abel, and Cain already killed Abel. But God is about to give Eve her third son. And after the children of God were born, that's why you got the Genesis 4, Seth, 
now people began to call on the name of the Lord. And Adam knew his wife again, and she bare a son and called his name Seth. For God, said she, has appointed me another seed, or he, he has given birth to another seed. Instead of Abel, who Cain slew. So Seth replaced Abel. Good afternoon, Seth. See, you don't get it. You replace Abel. See, Cain killed Christ. The children of Cain killed Christ. But God replaced him with Seth. And the Seth, to him also there was born a son. He called his name Enos. This word Enos means to call themselves by the name of the Lord. Then began man to call upon the name of the Lord. So that's why when you got to Genesis chapter 6, it said the children of men went in unto the children of God, went in unto the daughters of men. The children of God were the, the sons of God, which was Seth and his children, went into the world. And that's what happened with Israel. Okay, so I shouldn't have called you Seth. I'm sorry, I just wanted to. All right, let's move on. Because really he's talking about Israel. All right, let's move on. Because I want, I want to show you the next thing I say I'm going to, I gave you the verse already. First King 18. First King chapter 18. What verse I say I'm going to? First King 18. Now you, you ought to find this, so you got to pass by Samuel, because Samuel is the one anointed the kings. You already know it's got to be after Samuel, right? First King 18. Lord help me. First King 18, and what verse I says? 24. Now I'm saying this here because here's Elijah on Mount Carmel. Now you got to understand the same thing I'm reading to you now is the same thing that happened when John the Baptist and Christ came here. And the problem was, when John the Baptist came, Israel didn't know who they were to believe in. They didn't know who to believe in. So, so Ahab sent unto all, let me go back to verse 20 on the screen. Ahab sent unto all the children of Israel and gathered the prophets together unto Mount Carmel. Elijah, somebody say Elijah. Elijah. All right, so I'm going to show you, John the Baptist was Elijah as the fulfilling and Christ was the person who came behind Elijah, which was Elisha. So Elijah had to come before Elisha to prepare the way of Elisha. Elijah was not the one doing all the miracles, but Elisha. Elijah could shut up heaven. During the ministry of Elijah, heaven was shut up for three and a half years. So I know that nobody had heard a word from the Lord when Elijah came. That's why you have 400 years between Malachi and Matthew. Nobody, had, nobody has heard a word from the Lord. 
since Malachi. So when John came, the Bible says, and the word of the Lord came unto John saying, God did not speak until Elijah came because now he's about to fulfill everything he said no covenant. So Ahab said unto all the children, they said, verse number two, Elijah came unto the people and said, how long are you between two opinions? If the Lord be God, follow him. If Baal, then you follow him. And the people answered them not a word. Then, it, then said Elijah to the people, I, even I only, remain a prophet of the Lord, but Balaam prophets are 450 men. Let them therefore give us two bullocks. Let them choose one bullock for themselves. And they cut them in pieces, lay on the wood, put no fire under. Somebody said, put no fire under. Put no fire. It says, and, it, it, and I will dress it at the other bullock, and I will lay it on the wood, put no fire under it. And call on the name of your gods. And I will call on the name of the Lord and the God that answers by fire. Otherwise, the God that burns his own offering. How many can see, the, see what he's doing here? How many know what's actually happening here? I always ask you something. You can look on the cross. Put no fire to the God that answers by fire. Let him be God. That's Christ on the cross. The father burned the sacrifice. When the sacrifice was being burnt on the cross, Jesus said, Oh, Eloi, Eloi, I love her. And he said, he called on God. He said, I thirst. What was happening? God was burning his soul on the cross. So you think he went to the in the hell for that. No. Went to the hell to preach. He burned his soul on the cross. Why did he burn his soul on the cross? Because that's what's for me and you. Our souls should have been burnt with the fire of God. But this is the difference. Elijah offering Burn up the sacrifice. But when the fire of God fell on Christ, he consumed the fire. God's fire fell on Jesus and he, his soul was burned. If you go back to the book of Revelation, he said when they saw Jesus, it was after he had burned in a furnace. He fulfilled Daniel. Everything you see is a fulfillment. When did he burn in the furnace? The only time you saw him in the furnace was Nebuchadnezzar. When his boys got in trouble. And they had to put him in a furnace. And the Lord stood and said, no, no, no. If they go in, I go in with them. And that fire would not burn them. It would burn me. And he consumed the fire. He wouldn't get out until the Hebrew boy got out. They got out. They said they don't even burn. Can't even smell no smoke on them. They... And the man said, I know what's going on. There was somebody else. A fourth man was in the fire. What happened? That was their salvation. Because the word already said, when you pass through the fire, 
you would not be burned. This is Old Testament sacrifice. What about you? You have a better covenant. Everything that they went through has been fulfilled in Christ. Christ is in you. The hope of glory. What are you hoping for? What do you believe in God for? What you need from the Lord? God is in you saying, I am that I am. You don't know who in you. When they cross the Red Sea, they cross the Red Sea because I am. Moses, surely I will be with you. Father, we at the Red Sea, can't go across. Why cries out to me? Stretch out your rod. Tell the sea to open. And Moses stood before the people and said, Behold! And when he stood there, he had the rod in his hand, Behold the salvation of the Lord. What did God show them? He showed them his salvation. He showed them his deliverance. That's what God wants to do for you. He wants to show you some stuff. You have had this pain too long. You ain't had this sickness too long. I've been wanting to pray for a man. He walked out that door, bent over like this here. Never been back. God said, when you, when you see him, get rid of that for him, please. Mm-hmm. Don't ever underestimate. See, that's what you got coming next week. Don't ever underestimate. God want me to show this church. When God told him, I am, that I am. He gave him a blank check. And he also gave it to you in Christ. Whatever you need me to be. The word that means whatever you need from God. That's your salvation. I am that. You need healing from the Lord, I am that. You need deliverance, I'm done, I can't go no further. You need healing from the Lord, I am that. You need deliverance, I am that. You need a miracle from the Lord, I am that. See, you put to that what you want it to be. Because that's who he is. And he's in you, waiting for you to make the next move. Get away in your closet and say nobody but me and God and watch the fire fall. Watch God move. When I ministered the first service this morning, I went back to my office. I laid on the floor in my office. I said, Lord, I need you to move in me.
And when God moved in you, stuff moved out of you. I hope you can hear what I'm saying. Thank you for listening to the Dora Faith Ministries podcast. I hope this message was a blessing to you and we look forward to seeing you on the next episode. If you're listening on iTunes, be sure to give us a five-star rating. Also, be sure to find us online at www.mydoorfaith.org. That's www.mydoorfaith.org.